Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Match Ball. Welcome to the show brought to you by Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees. As always, if you go to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hiya. And with me, Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. Season over. Burnt out. Fizzled. Frazzled. Over. Well, that was an emotional day, wasn't it? And it was quite fun. It very much had the end of season stylings that we've come to expect from end of season games. But all the same, um, the whole Pablo and, uh, and Berardi stuff, quite moving. Which bit of, of Calvin Phillips missing the Euros did you find fun? Yeah, I didn't want to come to that so soon, but you're such a negative Nancy that we've got there already. <laughs> well, it's because you said it was. It's because you said it was fun, in and, what, it, and it was heartbreaking at the end in, in, in so many ways. In a yeah. in a broad sense, it was fun, but yeah, I was I was very sorry to see Pablo and Berardi go, even though it feels like you know we've known it's coming. Is it time? I don't know. I'm not ready to say goodbye. Are you Moscow? Alioski isn't. No, I get the feeling he's going to stick to Pablo like a like a leech through whatever kind of leaving party they're throwing tonight. And I did also start to wonder if one of the reasons why Alioski hasn't made any announcement about his next move or his contract is he's waiting to see where Pablo goes so he can go and sign for them. Because he was really sticking very closely to uh, to Hernandez in particular, also quite uh, quite goodly with um, Berardi as well. I think it was, it was between uh, Alioski um, to see who was the most upset between him and Kyle Bartley. It was very moving just to see them all as humans there at the end, embracing as friends. And I don't know, it just feels sad, doesn't it? I um, mean, it was put to me the other day that um, the club's not the same as of today, which is very true, isn't it? We've lost quite a, a proportion of its soul, uh, or its recent soul anyway, in losing those two. And for the, the players that are left as well, it is losing their mates, isn't it? They've been together for years, these players. And at any workplace, when someone you like leaves, you kind of think, oh, it's going to be a bit, it's going to be a bit shitter now. Now there's not like that person I can run around the track endlessly with. But you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it is a workplace at the end of the day and it is their mates that are, that are moving on and they can still see each other, but just not, not quite so much. We saw that a bit with um, the way Luke Ayling just seemed to want to hang out with Carl Bartley all day. Like the first corner they had, he's just there, just laughing in his face about how he's going to stop him scoring. And then when um, Brady's being substituted off, then Carl Bartley's getting involved in that and then full time it's instantly Ailing and Bartley together and I think they were talking about Calvin's shoulder and it's just like they just I think they they would have much preferred not to have to play that football match today and just go and book a table somewhere and have the, the wives with them and bring the kids if they, do they have kids I can't remember which 
who has children. If there's any children available, I'm sure they would have looked after them as well. Yeah, just borrow some. And just have a nice time. I think Alioski's uh, adopted that one at the end. Do you think they're, they're sorry to see Johnny go? I mean, because he is one of them. He's one of their friends. He went on that holiday, didn't he, at the end of the uh, the promotion season? I just wonder, is he, is he the guy in the office, just to draw that parallel, Michael, is he the guy in the office with the novelty ties? I did. I felt a little bit sorry for Johnny today because yeah. it, it is probably the last we've seen of him, and he was he was pretty much ignored in the whole scenario, wasn't he? It was the it was the goodbye Pablo and Berardi game, and Alioski. Yeah, he's just sort of going off as well, which is a shame because he's done some interesting things for us. The the bit of him today where he managed to have three touches in the space of one second and almost score an own goal, but then clear <laughs> it. It's just it's just what he does. Do, do you think? Do you think Johnny even knows that his contract's expiring? Do you think they've even told him yet? His agent has always been very efficient with the um, the social media graphics and all that kind of stuff. And he, you know, don't forget he has his own celebration. He's a big star in Northern Macedonia and all that stuff. So probably, and um, but I, I, it's almost you know you put it to his credit that he's not tried to muscle in on um, Berardi and Pablo's big day. It's kind of um, it seems like it's been decided yeah. today will be for those two. Yeah, and. Alioski, if you're off, and anybody else who might be transferred um, during the summer, because you never know who might stay or go. Um, today was about those two players who both, I mean, we discussed it at length on the, the podcast on Friday. It's um, They both did more than just play for us for a long time, which Alioski also did more than just play for us for a long time. But there's the little edge of Berardi having been here for so long and Pablo having been so brilliant just elevates them to where today was necessary. And it shows a great degree of humility on the part of Janny to just be accepting of that and just think, okay, my circumstances are slightly different. It's not confirmed that I'm off yet, even though it looks like he almost certainly is because his contract's up. Um, but yeah, to not make it about himself. And, and it's, it's a selfless act in what uh, you could argue is, is a is a selfless player. And let's, let's hope, you know, we don't want to get onto what comes next. Let's just sort of draw a line at it today. And, and analyse it based on the evidence that we've got. And it was a good performance today from him. Uh, there will be a team somewhere for Berardi, Fernandez, and Alioski all to go and play together. And it does sound a little bit like I'm, we're, we're back to that. It's almost Rainbow Bridge level yeah, stuff, that, isn't it? Yeah, that farm in the sky. But they, <laughs> I think they, it, that would be beautiful. I'm, you know, if we're, if we're going to take today to the, the romantic degree um, it maybe needs, then let's, somebody, Chilino, do something decent in your life for once. Give all those lads a contract at Brescia and uh, see if they can get another promotion under the belts. It was almost perfect today for um, for Pablo because he got his megs. It was like the twelfth minute when he did his megs, wasn't it? So he's got that one under his belt and that penalty to come late on, nearly so nearly close to when he was still on the pitch. But you know, regardless of that, it doesn't really matter, does it? He got his send off. It's a really fine line, isn't it, between absolutely perfect and completely rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Calvin Phillips is yeah. probably feeling that as well because he finally got his first Premier League goal of the season and then goes and knacks his shoulder at the end. And, and cost us a goal. Yep. Well, I mean, really, and you, what, could argue you wouldn't the, want to take him to the Euros in this form, would you? Well, the knackered shoulder came as a result of the goal, you could argue, because he clearly, you know, rushed a blood to the head and all that and he wanted to make up for it. He was wound up and he decides to go in for a tackle in the last minute of the last game of the season, a dead robber, um, where he flies in like that completely unnecessarily. And I... And I I almost want to, I was going to say shaking by the shoulders, but that'd be completely inappropriate right now because one of them's knackered, isn't it? But it's also the beauty of how he plays, isn't it? I thought that of Luke Ayling. I, wrote, I made a note in the 86th minute, Kiko had the ball and it's, there's four minutes of the season left. We were three nil up to that point. Luke Ayling would be perfectly entitled to just stand there and say, just 
put it long. But instead, he just sets off sprinting up the right-hand side for about the thousandth time this season. You think, it is unbelievable what they've done. That's <laughs> it's what happened with them all in, that led up to Phillips' shoulder, that attack. It was about eight Leeds players sprinting back to stop fucking Hal robson Carney from scoring a second goal. And there is, um, on the one hand, I've already seen that being retweeted everywhere as a fantastic example of um, how Leeds, you know, we've still got the, we, we love to hammer home the the burnout isn't real message. And also just to admire the commitment of all the players that they would they would do this in the last minute of the last match of the season when the 3-1 up. But there is also exactly, as you say, just that part of you that thinks, just, just don't, <laughs> just leave that one. It's, it's It was up there with um, Robson Carnu himself running to get the ball out of the goal so they could go and restart. You're not going to get anything out of this game. I, and even if you did, say they scored three because he ran to get the ball back so quickly after pulling the goal back, you don't get unrelegated just because you beat Leeds on the final day. It doesn't fucking matter. Take <laughs> take a leaf out of Sam Allardyce's book where he's just sat there and Sammy Lee's saying, you know, do you want to bring somebody on? He's like, don't care, really. Fair, and, fair play to him to turn up today, though, because after his interview the other night, I did think he might just not bother. Well, I think Sammy Lee turned up because he wanted Marcelo Bielsa's coat, yeah. didn't he? he? wanted the, the coat off his back. I've never seen a jacket swap before. <laughs> it was bizarre. The, uh, <laughs> and the fact they almost did it at in the, public at the pitch side then went actually it might might be a bit weird if people see this um, but we'll, we'll just I'll see you in the tunnel see you in the tunnel I mean, maybe Bielsa's taking his coat off and Sammy Lee's actually saying no no I want your underpants <laughs> let's do it away from the cameras and um, Sammy Lee is I mean no offence to Marcelo but he's he's quite a rotund gentleman at, at the moment and Sammy Lee's noticeably smaller you just imagine Sammy Lee wearing that jacket <laughs> like his like, dad's like, yeah like the Michelin man <laughs> Yeah, like a like a kid wearing his dad's shirt. Bless him. He might use it as a sleeping bag instead of a <laughs> duvet. Just wrap himself up at night in Marcelo Bielsa's coat. Johnny and and Sammy Lee had a little moment as well. I don't know if they were comparing hair colours. I don't know if that was what was going on because they were. He was definitely sort of ruffling it. So I don't know if that was a bit of a hey, we're brothers kind of joke he was making. Alioski does like his chats with the technical staff of uh, whoever we're playing. I think it's one of the advantages of playing as a fullback for Leeds United. He gets to make friends. One of the other big things from today, crowd backing, the big thing, wasn't it? I mean, I know we've got the goodbyes at the end, but it's so good. I mean, none of us made it there today, but um, we all watched it from our studio within earshot of Ellen Road, and you could hear the crowd singing. I mean, we, we popped out like at half time, didn't we, and when we were parking up before the game, and you could hear the noise, that that general hubbub coming from the stadium. You could really just... hear the top notes from Ellie Goulding. She was <laughs> just uh, the, the harmonies on Marching On Together. She just lift, lifted the, the song there. I but, liked it within the opening minute of the game when Cooper did that almost elbow, forearm, wrist, smash, whatever you want to call it. And straight away you got wanker, wanker, yeah. which I guess was directed at the referee and not, not Liam Cooper. I thought we're back. This is this is good. Yeah. We only get shit refs, yeah. all sorts of other nice stuff. Sam Johnston having to take his, uh, had a season of taking goal kicks in peace, which is probably the same as it is during every Premier League season, except he's the one who has to come to Elland Road and not to take his goal kicks in peace. And also be faced with 2-0, it's your keeper's fault. Yeah, that nice uh, nice recall for, uh, what's his name, Smithies at Huddersfield, that one, wasn't it? Um, so who scored first for us and what minute was it? It was Rodrigo from a corner in, a, I don't know, a minute, one of the minutes. Scoring from a corner against Sam Allardyce, though. Does he need to be less naive in his defending, the way he sets him up? Don't does... give a fuck, does he? Nah, exactly. They've only conceded the eight against us this season. 
It's not a bad record. Not a bad record. So, uh, yeah, that was nice, wasn't it? And um, did you notice that Gaetano was on the near post attacking that first ball, um, probably trying to set him up for a for a farewell goal as well? I'd dread to think what would have happened if he'd have scored. I mean, my thought was always that he'd either score or get sent off and go to the leave, get straight into the car park and just drive to Italy. And that was the, the last we'd see of him, just waving as he leaves. But mm-hmm. Cackling. Wasn't to be. But with, a, with a man's leg in his arm, over, like slung over his shoulder. I was discussing as well during the game, wasn't I, saying, if he gets sent off, will he be banned wherever he turns up? Or is this like a, essentially a freebie for him? A free can, hit. Can we just pick a West Brom player we don't like? I'd have probably gone for Gallagher by the end, just because he was he's annoying me. Yeah, bit. he should have been off. Yeah, he was lucky to stay on, wasn't he? Um, who scored our second? Calvin Phillips. You should probably pay attention to the games uh, at some point. I do the pay first attention. One was... I, I know you write these things down, though, because you do like a match report, so it's not. I don't need to do that. I just need to capture the general Am flavor. I looking at my notes as I remember the, the match? Anyway, Rodrigo, the first one. There's um, Moscow again, Tony, how brilliant he is. Arriving at the back post, racing into um, to head in, and it had a, an element of the Brendan Ormsby's about it, and then uh, didn't quite go barreling all the way into the crowd. And then number two, Calvin Phillips free kick wasn't it it was it was not um it was an all right free kick wasn't it but it it's was better than the goalkeeping if if Kiko Casir had let that one in we'd we'd probably be talking about that right now so let's just say well done Calvin for getting a goal I suppose because it's his first of the season I mean it, so. at the end of the day though if you do a free kick like that that does bounce a couple of yards in front of the keeper you then have to make him do his job he should have done it far far better because I, I was watching that almost thinking can I find an excuse for that keeper letting that one in? And there was none. There was no, no. excuse. Engl- he's an England goalkeeper as well. So this is what we're going to the Euros with, a one-armed midfielder and um, that clowning goal. And as Ian Dark, who was on commentary on BT Sport 2, remarked, um, such a shame for him to do that only days before Glenn Hoddle picks his England squad. Um, I don't know if he was stuck, mired, what, 20, 25 years in the past or whatever it is. Eileen Drury making an appearance at the Euros. That'd be nice. Not seen her for a while, have we? There might be some. I don't know if Glenn Hoddle is um, controlling Gareth Southgate through the power of his mind or something like that. And at two 0 at half time, what inspirational words do you think Sam Allardyce said as he uh, went into that dressing room for the final time as manager of West Brom? Do you, do you think they're benched by the way? Do you think it must have just been stinking of gravy? I imagine. He, I don't know. It's hard to know if he's bothered about saving face because I think he would have liked to get a result against Bielsa so he could say he did, so he could go and boast about how he's such a, a great manager who never gets opportunities. So Richard Keyes could uh, could wank him off on whatever channel he's on over there in the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> a channel dedicated solely to Richard Keyes wanking off Sam Allardyce. Just eight ninety nine a month. <laughs> it's quite a niche interest, but I bet somebody would pay for it. Andy Gray, he'd pay for it. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I mean... What I- inspirational words at half-time. Go on, lads, just don't lose second half, which they didn't, to be fair. Drew it one all, didn't they, second half? Despite the best efforts of their defender, who, when we get onto the third goal, just stuck his arm out, didn't he? I know there's been a few... The season started with a ridiculous handball against Robin Cock, didn't it, and the penalty resulting from that. Um, and then it ended with this one, where the defender himself basically went, yeah. I mean, actually, just talking about the Cock handball and the fact that they effectively changed the rules during the season, you could argue that's had a real bearing on the outcome of the season, and you look at the final table... Had we beaten Arsenal at home instead of drawn with them, we'd have finished above them. Yeah, I mean, the Europa Conference League, I, I kind of wanted to be in it. I'm, the, I know it's, I know, it and I'm sure Arsenal and Spurs yeah, both was, absolutely hated the idea of it. I mean, that's, 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 the, that's, that's the, a little bit of me. That's the fact, isn't it, that they're getting the proper shitty stick. You know, as two quote-unquote Super League clubs, they're getting to go traipsing off around Europe on a Thursday, a real distraction from where they want to be. Good. 
They yeah. deserve it. Bollocks to them. I'm disappointed in the way that um, Chelsea finished in the top four and, um, and Leicester didn't. But, you know, it's their own stupid fault right, for losing at home to Spurs, wasn't it? We didn't. And you've got to give Chelsea credit because of the way they started the season of the front Lampard. He, he really has laid the foundations for this. Feels like that's when they... This they, Champions they, League yeah. um, qualification. So, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of credit needs to go to him. Just having a look at the table then, it's a ninth place finish for the mighty Leeds United on 59 points. Best points total for, what, 20 years in the Premier League. And the Premier League is an infinitely harder place these days. So it makes our achievement better. It's not. It's a piece of piss. Have you not, have you not watched our games? Yeah. It's dead easy and we're dead good. It's been brilliant. Um, today feels, it feels an odd way to end the season almost because we've just, we've had a really easy home win, but I feel so sad. Yeah. So I don't, I can't quite balance it all out, but. Um, it's less about burnout today. It's more about being all cried out, isn't it? I thought it was, it was telling that because we watch these games together in a room and normally there's like a bit of chat goes on. The whole process of them being substituted was just deathly silence in here because everyone was just, I yeah. think, not wanting to speak yeah. like this. I was, I was fighting to hold that in then. Uh, that really, it got me Did that. I, was, I could feel it building behind my eyes and I thought, no, we're men. We we're supposed to repress our emotions. Uh, but no, it wouldn't be the first time that I've cried over this last um, 24, 48 hours. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, been, it's been totes emotions, the kids would say. And Pablo had a cry, didn't he? So yeah, well, that was the thing that got me more than anything, actually. And it was nice to see. It was nice to see a happy cry from Pablo, though, wasn't it? It was a, it was a goodbye. I've achieved what I wanted to. Cry was this not? We I can't believe we've lost to fucking Brentford and everything's ruined. Are we sure it was that sort of cry? And it wasn't a I can't believe we've just got a penalty and I'm sitting here like a dope kind of cry. Was that the moment when he really started? He he'd been holding it in until that point, and then he just went. Tyler Roberts, though, he was saying. Tyler Roberts. <laughs> Just looking at other uh, factors in the table and stuff, uh, and stuff like that, three wins away from the Champions League spots we were, but also, you know, on the flip side of this, we won more games than all the bottom three combined, which is ridiculous. And, you know, two of them were our big problem last season of trying to get promoted um, in and around them. And Sheffield United was supposed to be the the standard to which we would aspire this season, the big team that we would struggle to best. Fucking load of rubbish all that really, wasn't it? Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Bielsa saying he's satisfied with what we've achieved in the season. Um, a few more points could have been earned. And he's right, actually, when you look at that first half of the season and he's drawn attention to that, that, you know... Um, defensive performance was much better after the halfway point which coincided with all our injured defenders coming back but we won today with not anything like a first choice defence Berardi's not played all season has he and then there he is in the starting 11 and it was all fine still it's weird when you get a team that seems sorted out it kind of stays sorted sometimes even when the players change it's like a it almost seems to be a mindset thing that it, it just somehow keeps working and I know West Brom is shit so we do have to qualify it with that but Kiko Kassi was fine today. I didn't think there was anything too crazy that he did. Brady was good. Cooper had his little madness in the first minute, but he was solid as well. So Apart from was... that, that pass to Calvin Phillips, is in any way responsible? Because he did really ping that at him. I mean, it's, it was Phillips' fault. There's no two ways about it. But even still, he did twat it right at him. Phillips can control that football. Okay. Technically. Like, if he really thought about it, good. I think he'd... Um, I think he just took his, his mind off it. There was an element about, certainly the way... West Brom. If that's the way they've played all season, it's no wonder they've been relegated so hard. Um, <laughs> and Pablo Hernandez looked, he had the sort of game where you wondered why didn't we play him all season if he can do this. But I think he got a lot more room than Manchester City might have given him on a football pitch in the Premier League. There were times when um, they just didn't press testi- us. Testimonial feel. Yeah, I, I was thinking halfway through the first half it would be nice to see Lucy Ward coming on, see if she can get a goal in the second half. It just, it's Tony Yeboa. Yeah. He's been on the Yorkshire Puddings. It started to have that feel of the um, of Lucas Radaby's testimonial, which for a long time was the last really good happy day at Elland Road. And there's maybe an element of that today because the last really good happy day at Elland Road was the Huddersfield match in March 2020. And so it's it was an element of... Um, and what was good about the Lucas Radaby testimonial, because we had the, the championship mid, uh, championship because it's changed the first division midfield back together and Yeboah was there, Vinny was there. Um, it was all the fun of the fair. It felt like, you know, had we already been relegated at that point? We were in the championship, weren't we? Because we were in Theodora. So we were already on the way down and it was like going back to when things were good. And today kind of had that feeling of football has been absolutely fantastic, but going back to fans in the stadium, shouting at the opposition players, having Pablo Hernandez doing nutmegs and Berardi winning tackles. Everything was kind of back to something near to goodness. And has them, um, I, you know, you, is it all right to play every game next season? Like it's a testimonial party at Elland Road. Can we, do we have enough players that we can sort of give one a send off 70 minute every game? We just take somebody off and then they, they can never play for Leeds again. <laughs> We did a big squad, weren't we, over the course of the season? In fact, we've used the fewest number of players um, in the whole Premier League across the season, 23. And um, with you know every metric has us with the greatest output. So uh, final confirmation there that Bielsa burnout. I'm not going to make a joke about it. It's just bollocks. So you can all fuck off. <laughs> That's what I think about you saying that. It's it's just the, the hunt for lazy talking points. I don't want to dwell on it too much, but there was a time in... Um, in the post-match on BT when they said, uh, Glenn Hoddle, you know, what, can you sum up what Pablo Hernandez has meant to Leeds United? No, of course he fucking can't because he didn't see him playing under Gary Monk in 2017. He doesn't know what 
the Thomas Christensen season was like and seeing us failing under Hakimov. He had absolutely no idea. He's, had, he's seen him play for Valencia. He's seen clips of him at, at Leeds and he's watched him in the Premier League. So he was able to say, oh yeah, he's he's very creative and he's got a fantastic football brain and some of the passes he played today, they, they show you everything you need to know about him. But they don't know anything else. So it just comes down to, well... Robbie Savage in the, this, the, you know, one of the other major drawbacks of today. Um, we were blessed today. What, what can you say about this Leeds United team? Will they make it to the end of the season? Will they burn out? Hey, I, well, what would he say? Oh, I get here. Quite good fans Nice off. Thanks, Robbie. Back to you, Ian. <laughs> so it's, he was all right today with Savage. Actually, he didn't he didn't say? I didn't notice him say anything that seemed obviously offensively stupid, which is a a change for him because normally he says at least a couple of things and you go, fuck yeah. They did treat it a little bit like um Leeds like a Leeds United programme, particularly after the game. I'm I'm sure it wasn't necessary to show our players lap of honour. Like you wouldn't do that if it was this game. I mean Sheffield United versus Burnley was one of the other eye catching fixtures in the Premier League today. And I'm sure the, the whatever channel that is on, they've not hung around for the the lap of honour that Paul Heckenbottom and the lads are currently giving to Bramall Lane. But I, I think there was a bit of a recognition that there's um, there's audience numbers where Leeds are concerned. It's one of the rare times you probably get um, a football audience not immediately switching off at full time going, oh, well, I don't want to listen to any of them fucking dickheads. On Sheffield United, um, they won today against Burnley. And... Um they have the joint lowest record goals scored in the Premier League to um, to put on their wall now on their on their honours board. You'll never sing that. Yeah, they say isn't they've it? matched Derby in that regard. Derby when they only got eleven points, but they got you know twenty goals. That's that's a good achievement. But Sheffield United have got more than that. Bless them. They've done ever so well. A few wins though now for Hecky. You got to remember that he, he can win games with fans and without fans. Mm-hmm. He's proved that. So. A five-year deal, that's what I'm saying. You know, you were all anxious about us being caught and whatnot, Michael. You know, yeah. we, And, you know, we finished the season on uh, 59 points. Mm. 29 would have been enough to stay up this season. 29 points. We I mean, it. that's wank, isn't it? We, we, cleared, we cleared that hurdle by just a mere 30 points. <laughs> what, a, what a shit, stupid division. 29 <laughs> points. Everyone, for years, my whole life, people have said, you need 40 points to guarantee survival. It's a joke of a league this when season. Were, were we safe? When did we have 29 points? Like December or something. Have we been safe for months and yes. stressing about I, I, nothing? I feel it might have been when we beat Newcastle or something, which seems... <sighs> well, I'll tell you what. It let, feels like almost Christmas. Let's allow somebody to correct us and we'll feedback yeah, on it on the, on the propaganda, propaganda show, exactly what point we crossed that threshold. We could research that between now and Tuesday, but that sounds like yeah, work. Some kind person will uh, log into the, the form and put it on a spreadsheet for us. And then we just have to trust Michael to copy and paste it into the right place. But that's the funny thing, isn't it? It, it has been a piece of piss in the end. Don't know what we were ever worried about. It's a bit like the promotion in the end was a piece of piss, wasn't it? It was, it was won by such a, a distance in the end. I think partly because it, up to the break, people below us kept winning, and then after the break, it just completely fell apart for Brentford and West Brom and Fulham. Like they, they didn't put up anything like a fight, and they've continued that this season, which has been quite fun because it has meant that we've, as, as stressy as I am about us completely collapsing, us going down and stuff. The fact they've all been so terrible this season has been has been a real confidence boost because you've always been able to look at it. Sheffield United have been down from about the first month. It, they didn't have any points and just looked terrible. 
and then those two in there as well. It's just been, we need the same next year. If the newly promoted teams could come up and win like one game every 10, lovely stuff. Even the teams that are staying up are no good. Newcastle, terrible. They finished 12th. Burnley. They finished, Newcastle finished 12th. Where did Burnley finish? Um, seven, uh, eight, uh, 17th, sorry. Yeah, they're, so they're just one place outside the relegation, albeit 11 points clear of it in the end. And name me some other teams down there. Right, so the bottom half of the table, bottom upwards, Sheffield United, West Brom, Fulham, the three relegated. So Fulham got 28 points. Burnley got 39. So they've ended up 11 points clear, never in danger. But, uh, but then, terrible. Yeah, Brighton, shit. Southampton, shit. Us. Palace, shit. Yeah, Southampton are pretty bad. Wolves, shit. Newcastle, shit. Villa, shit. Everton, shit. Leeds, brilliant. The best team in the land. Arsenal, shit. Spurs, shit. West Ham, okay. Rest of the other five teams above them, mediocre. I mean, Everton, at the start of the season, when we won at Goodison Park, we were saying what a great result it was because they were in Champions League contention. Turns out it was a shit win because they're a shit team. Well, the question is, do they have to revise their approach to defending? Is it naive? Because, I mean, they've finished on... Minus one goal difference. Um, the only team in the top half to have finished on um, on negative goal difference. We've got eight, you know, so we've done absolutely fine. And that does say something about how, uh, how things have gradually improved in the second half of the season because the big thing up until sort of January was goal difference being absolutely level and we'd won and lost the same number of games. So everything was just kind of, we were giving away as much as we were taking. And then the second half of the season, I think... There was um, a moment, yeah, this is the stupid thing Robbie Savage said, or it might have been Ian Dark, I can't remember which, but they said, um, no, it was definitely Robbie Savage. He said, we got better in the second half of the season because they realised that they had to defend to be able to stay in the Premier League. And it's that that's not what happened. And I wrote about this a few weeks ago. It's not like Bielsa suddenly got to January and thought, fuck, you know what? We, we better stop conceding goals. The plan always was to not concede any any goals. The whole idea, Bielsa's mind palace of football is Leeds will win every game by a considerable margin to nil. That's how he sets them up, sends them out every game. It's never, uh, give them four or five, we'll score six. Not the plan. It's Everything is about we will keep a clean sheet and win. It just wasn't working. It just took time for the players to be able to deliver it to that level in the Premier League because it's a big step up and it's no wonder that the first time we play scum at Old Trafford, they can knock six past us and McTominay play like plays like Zidane. Second time around, not happening again. And it's not because Bielsa suddenly went, what I didn't tell you for the away game, lads, was try not to concede. It was because we were just better at it the second time around and maybe we had a better player to come in. Llorente was available and turned out to be much better at uh, dealing with the Premier League than the players who, were, who started at Old Trafford. Just, uh, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, that keeps coming up now. That's the one. I'm kind of over all the burnout stuff now. Now it's this idea that Bielsa suddenly fucking realised that after 30 years as a football manager, that maybe not conceding <laughs> six goals Hang in every on. game. The light bulb's finally gone on. <laughs> I think partly it's pundits not not wanting to completely backtrack on their opinion. It's like, now I've said this at the start of the season and it fits my structure of how football should work like you it's classic football hot take isn't it it's, i never mind saying do you know what actually i was wrong but i'll own it i'll laugh it off and then it, then it's dead no i've got to double down there's a great article in the new issue of the square ball by patrick gunn about um the way that the goalposts have moved like the pundits have always come up with something different and then um, yeah one of his lines in that is but i thought Oh, those opinions those were our old opinions don't don't pay any attention to our old opinions they were right then but not now it's like me talking about Bamford, though, isn't it? <laughs> uh, 
Um, okay, then, heroes and villains. And to wrap up the final um, match ball of the season, heroes, obviously, Pablo, Gitano. Yeah, it's hard to look past two then. Bamford. Um, Janny Alioski, before we get on to the others, we've got to mention Janny as well because he had a great game today. And at this stage, he's still fine. <laughs> Um, Bamford, uh, people may have noticed, um, and I was tipped off by a contact that uh, Pat Bamford changed his um, uh, goal celebration today. I saw like an M. It was like yeah, a, was he, he normally does the zigzag because yeah. he's um, uh, saving the planet slash selling his mate's shoe brand. M for Michaela, uh, Mrs. Bamford. She's had some kind of disagreement with a horse, and uh, but um, being uh, discharged from hospital in the, in the sense that that Newcastle fan did that time. Well, in the sense that she's been left with a grade two splenic laceration, amongst other things, uh, rib fractures, um, all sorts, six separate sort of quite nasty sounding injuries. So um, the Bamfords can have a little hero uh, nomination for um because old uh, Pat's had a very good season and um, you'd hope he didn't have to go straight to uh, to whatever private hospital <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't resist. Could it's, you? Uh, uh, it's making Michaela he off straight down the booper. It's making Michaela all better. Um, so good luck to them. Uh, let's have a, actually let's have a quick word about Bamford because in the promotion season um, he was the lightning rod for so much of our anxiety, and he's finished the Premier League season with what seventeen goals, uh, and he's played just about every game. So effectively, not far off a one in two. Absolute huge credit to him and um, the step up he's made. Oh, well, yes, yeah, all credit to him. Cap completely doffed. He's been fantastic. Moscow promised me 38 goals. Pathetic. I, know, I, mean, down. I, I think I would have been happy with probably 10 or 11 at the start of the season. I would have thought would have been a, a fairly reasonable return. So, yeah, it's been great. And the, the his general play and the amount of running he does and all that kind of stuff has been, I think it's probably appreciated more in the Premier League because we're playing harder teams. In the in the Championship, it felt like we were, we were dominating teams without necessarily him doing that. And then he just missed some chances. Whereas I feel like his finishing is improved, and also that side of the game is is great. So and, and maybe the, the Premier League is just a better environment for him because it's less physical, and so you it's can't more podcasts. But you, I mean, you can't have. He wasn't on the Peter Crouch show in the Championship, was he? But you, you can't have two big shit house centre halves leaving the legs in on him and kicking him and stuff because we've got VAR, so everybody's got to be on their best behaviour, um, and you just don't get simply do not get away with as much. It's funny because we've seen like some of the Premier League refs refing the championship playoff semi-finals and I've like in that opening five minutes of the Barnsley game I thought that'd be a free kick that'd yeah, be a free kick that'd world, be a free kick it? it is a different world yeah so maybe that just suits him better yeah I think so and um, the pressure there was pressure on everything and he came through it last season I mean he scored a lot of goals in the championship it was just there was so much pressure about getting promoted there was so much panic about whether it was going to be enough and so much um, sort of support for the alternative where you just kept wondering could Enketia he keeps coming on and scoring why do we just start him and don't forget it kind of does get forgotten that if Enketia hadn't twisted his bollock Bamford did get dropped Bielsa did he went however many games without uh, scoring and Bielsa was right I'm going to give this Arsenal kid a try instead and uh, and you know Jean-Kevin Augustin there was such a big social media hoo-ha from the club itself I mean what did it say I actually there was a, a point where I started my sympathies for, for Bamford grew stronger when I saw the the big kind of um, film crew production about Jean-Kevin Augustin getting off a private jet and going to a hotel and stuff, I was thinking, Bamford's, Bamford's the number nine and this guy's just coming in on loan. What What's this going to do to his confidence, which always seems to be the problem? Is he the confident finisher that we need? And you 
you know, you're putting all the glitz and glamour around this guy from France who, you know, is he going to be the the one to do it? And wasn't, and Bamford seen them all off just as he saw off Kemar Roof. And um, I noticed today it was quite interesting Rodrigo starting in that position played more like Bamford when he was on the pitch than I think I've seen him for a long time. He doesn't often, he's not done a lot at number nine because Bamford's been there so permanently, but pressing hard, running, trying to win tackles. And it was like he'd been watching Bamford and was trying to do it. So maybe that's the end of Pat Bamford as Leeds' number nine. <laughs> no, he's done really well. And um, yeah, you you can't uh, you can't fault his effort, effort. He is a great bunch of lad. They all are. To be fair to them, it's been a magnificent season and I just feel, I feel really proud. I really hope Calvin is not out of the Euros, but if he is and he has to have a good rest, then fair enough, as we Dylan, said. Dylan, the thing about that is that's his, um, it's the same shoulder that he did the ligaments and was out for six weeks earlier in the season when they said he avoided surgery after, remember Raul Jimenez pushed him into the yeah. uh, the running track when we were playing against Wolves and, um, and for it to be the same shoulder and for it to be... Um, yeah, similar sort of circumstances. I don't know if he, you know, does he need to learn to tackle so he's not dropping on his fragile arms or or what the hell? But um, that's the the worry there because I don't know if the fact he avoided surgery means that he was at risk of a recurrence and for it to recur or for it to just go again um, from healed in the last game of the season would be pretty annoying. If Gareth Southgate's got any decency, at the very least, he'll allow him to pick a replacement so we can put Pat or Ailing in. I mean, a one-armed Calvin Phillips has got to be better than Jordan Henderson. He was injured anyway, but so it's a toss-up, really. Which slightly broken midfielder are you going to take? And you're going to take Calvin. So then, end of the game, end of the season. Sum up today's game in a word. Testimonial. Tearful. Emotional is the one that I'm going to go for there. And then, can you sum up the season in a word? Pleasant. <laughs> wow, I'm overwhelmed, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been, hasn't it? Because it's not been it's not been stressful for once. I think that's. I think that I've just been able to enjoy the football for a change. Yeah. I've not. I've not had a feeling like that for ages. It was, was the last games of the the post promotion championship games were a bit like that, where we could just beat Charlton and lift a trophy and turn up pissed and beat Derby. That was fun. Yeah. And this season has felt pretty much like a continuation of that because it's just we've not ever been in bother and it's just been fun. The, the bar for this season was... I should probably have said fun rather than pleasant. Yeah, but the bar for this season was that, wasn't it? It was to make it just okay. That's all we needed That's all we needed to do was to make it just okay and it's been okay for the for the very large stretch and it's turned into enjoyable as, as it's gone further on. And to make it so we can go and watch it next season. That was always the fear, wasn't it, that this would be our year of Premier League football would be us not seeing any of it and that's 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 not come to pass so we can look forward hopefully to full stadiums next year it has been quite a strange one because there was a lot of um sort of tributes being posted on social media to the the season and i think everyone's the emotions getting carried away with berardi and uh Hernandez leaving but sort of yeah lots of proud of everything that's happened we finished ninth no, we didn't do it out what's your what's we your, didn't win anything what's your season summary in a word moscow underwhelming <laughs> Didn't even qualify for the fucking Conference League. Um, no, I, I would have said uh, fun, and I still will, because Michael can't change from pleasant. He's said pleasant, and he has to have that tattooed in place of his eyebrows forever, whereas um, fun will fit in between mine, so it'll look a lot tidier. I'm going to go for... Do you want me to get a thesaurus for words that mean fun? 
enjoyable? Can I, can I, has that been used yet? No, I mean, there's only two of us and he said pleasant, I said fun, so I don't know. I'm banking it then. Enjoyable. That's mine. All right, then we'll wrap it up there. Then we will speak to you on propaganda when we find out what has been said about Leeds, both by you, by us, and by the uh, the opposition fan channels, which I, I hope we can just dig up some real resigned despondency from the West Brom fan channels and maybe maybe just from the wider football world, the clubs that have missed out, you know, because that's what it's about, isn't it? It's about laughing at other people's misery. Cute. That's another word. Season's been cute. We've had despondency from West Brom fans all season. I can't remember when we first beat them, but they basically accepted they were down at that point. So God knows what they're on to now. Um, yes, yeah, so Propaganda will be back, will be back with all that um, in a couple of days' time. And we've got the usual weekly show. And after that, we're going to take a week, a week off. A bloody week off. Imagine that. That's when it'll all go down as well, won't it? It'll all, the world will go mad. Anyway, we'll catch you in a bit for that. See you soon. The Match Ball. 